I want us to look at a passage out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning with verse 7. I feel like the Spirit of the Lord is really speaking to us today. He wants to remind you that regardless of what you face, you're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. Listen to what the scripture says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. We're overcomers. We're overcomers. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves we are overcomers. We are victorious. And as I was praying for you this morning, I felt that many of you are fighting things physically, that there are physical attacks upon many of you, any, even many that are watching live stream today that couldn't even make it to the building today because of the attacks on your physical body. And I just felt as I was praying for you this morning, the Lord wants to remind you that you are already healed, done, all because of Jesus, amazing Jesus, already done. I can't hear the keyboard, already done. And this morning, I want to make sure that no one leaves here questioning that fact that you are already healed. It's already done. So we're going to pray for one another. If you are under a physical attack this morning, or maybe you know someone who couldn't make it today, but they need prayer and that assurance today because they're under physical attack. Right where you're standing, if you are under an attack or you know someone, lift your hand right where you stand. Do you see how many people have their hands up around you? Look at how the devil is trying to take us down and and make us feel like we're defeated, but we're overcomers. Keep those hands up, those that are in this room that are saying, I've been under a physical attack. I've been under a physical attack. If someone's close by you and their hand is up, would you just touch them, touch and agree for healing today? And Father, for everyone whose hand is lifted, whether it's for them or someone that they represent today, we are believing your word today that by the stripes of Jesus, we were already healed. And by the blood of Jesus, we stand overcomers today. And we take hold of this truth today that because he died, we live. Because he took stripes, we are healed. Because he bore our sickness in his body, we are whole. And Father, we stand on that truth today for everyone in this room today. And those that are watching today, that they are healed today. Your healing virtue flows freely today. We jump in the river of that truth. We take hold of your word, God, over every circumstance, over every disease today. No, it don't matter what the doctor says. It don't matter what, what man says, God. It only matters what you have already said. And you 
rejoice in that truth today. Oh, Father, we thank you for healing. Would you just thank him for healing? Thank you, Jesus. psalmist David said, and this scripture will not be on the screen, but the psalmist David said in Psalm chapter 69, verses 1 and 2, the psalmist cries out and he says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I just wonder if there's anybody in here in this room this morning that, that knows what it's like to feel like maybe spiritually or relationally or physically or financially that the waters have come up to your neck and that barring a rescue it won't be long until you are completely engulfed in those waters the psalmist david said save me O god for the waters have come up to my neck I am sinking in the miry depths, and there is no foothold. Nothing that will stabilize me and keep me from drifting. He goes on and he says, my throat is parched from crying out for help. And I believe that there are some people here this morning under the sound of my voice that can identify with the psalmist David when he cried out and when he prayed that prayer to the Lord I think all of us in this room here today know what it's like to encounter storms in life sometimes it's a spiritual storm and maybe that's what you're going through here this morning maybe it's a spiritual storm maybe the enemy has launched an attack against your life maybe the storm that you are going through today spiritually is one in which you are being bombarded by temptation and you're about to cave you're about to fold because the temptation seems more than you can bear or maybe somebody here this morning, rather than a temptation, maybe you're going through some kind of a trial in your life today. And again, you feel like it's more than you're capable of enduring. There, there may be somebody here this morning who's going through some kind of a relational storm. Maybe it's in your marriage. 
Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's with a friend or with a coworker, or maybe it's another family member other than a spouse or a kid or a parent. Relational storms. Maybe there's somebody here this morning, as Jamie's already mentioned, that's going through some kind of a physical storm. Maybe you're sick in your body today. Maybe you've not gotten a very good report from the doctor. And you find yourself in the middle of a physical storm. Maybe somebody here this morning is going through a financial storm. You're struggling financially to make ends meet. You're wondering, how am I going to pay the mortgage? How am I going to buy groceries for my kids? How am I going to be able to put gas in my automobile? Those kinds of things you're struggling with today because you're going through a financial storm. Maybe somebody here today is going through an occupational storm. That it has to do with your job. That things are just not good on your job. You don't know from day to day if this is going to be your last job because there's been some layoffs and people have been losing their jobs and you're thinking, am I next? This past week, Jamie and I were in Atlanta and we were celebrating her birthday with our children and on Friday celebrating with our daughter-in-law as she was graduating, receiving her master's degree from Georgia State University and while I was there in Atlanta, a family that I'd pastored for probably 10 or 12 years contacted me and they said, Pastor, we need you to pray for us. We need you to pray for our family. Our 14-year-old grandson was FaceTiming with one of his friends last night and his mother had just bought a brand new pistol and evidently he didn't know it was loaded and he was FaceTiming with one of his friends and spinning the pistol around and it went off and blew his head off. 14 years old and I talked to his father who was as expected an emotional wreck they were going through a storm unlike any storm they had ever encountered but this morning what I want to talk to you about is I really want to talk to you about some anchors for the storm because a few things that I have discovered about storms are these. The first thing that I've discovered about storms is that storms are inevitable. Every single one of us at some point in time in our lives, we are going to encounter some storms. If you're not in a storm right now, then you're probably either coming out of one or you're headed into one. But they're inevitable. Every single one of us at some point in time in our life, if not today, we are right smack dab in the middle of a storm or at some point we will find ourselves in a storm because storms are inevitable. But not only are storms inevitable, storms are also unpredictable. Well, wouldn't it be awesome if we had meteorologists of life? You know, we, we have meteorologists in the natural who is able to warn us when a destructive storm is coming so that we can take refuge. But we don't have that when it comes to the storms of life. We know that there's some people who claim to have that ability, palm readers and fortune tellers and folks like that that think they can predict our future, but we know that they can't. And, and isn't it amazing how that some days you wake up and what starts out looking like it's going to be the best day of your life could very possibly end up being the worst day of your life. 
Because storms come into our life unexpectedly, unannounced. We don't have a meteorologist of life that says, hey, tomorrow afternoon at 1232, you're going to encounter a storm in life and you need to be ready to take refuge. We don't have that. Storms are inevitable, storms are unpredictable, and then storms are impartial. I guarantee you when those tornadoes came through here a few years ago, they didn't just hit certain places and destroy certain lives. No one was exempt from those storms, and no one is exempt from the storms of life. It comes to the young and to the old. It comes to the rich and to the poor. It comes to the married and to the single. It comes to people of all different shapes, sizes, and classes. Storms are inevitable. Storms are unpredictable. Storms are impartial. And in Matthew chapter 14, we find even the disciples of Jesus, those who were closest to Jesus, we find the disciples of Jesus encountering a storm. And it's a storm unlike any storm that they've encountered before because this storm has them literally fearing for their lives. Let's read the story together. Matthew 14, verses 22 through 36. This is just after Jesus has fed 5,000 men, not including the women and children with just a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. The disciples have just witnessed an incredible miracle. And then on the heels of that miracle, Jesus looks at them, and in verse 22 it says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to a mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came, Jesus did, walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying it is a ghost or it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And then the story continues in verse 28 or in verse 25 verse 27 he says but immediately Jesus spoke to them and said take heart it is I do not be afraid and Peter answered him and said Lord if it is you command me to come to you on the water and Jesus said come so Peter got out of the boat started walking on the water and came toward Jesus but when he noticed the strong wind he became frightened and beginning to sink he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped Jesus, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And then verse 34 says, And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And after the people of that place recognized who Jesus was, they sent word throughout the region and brought all who were sick to him and begged that he might touch, that, that he might heal them by them touching the fringe of his cloak. And all who touched him or touched his cloak 
were healed. And what I want to talk to you about today is I want to just give you some anchors for the storm that you might be going through in life today. And so I thought it would be helpful if I just brought an anchor with me this morning. And let, let me just tell you what the primary purpose of an anchor is. The primary purpose of an anchor is to keep us from drifting. Because isn't that what storms have the potential of doing? Storms, if we're not careful, can cause us to drift away from God. But what I want to give you this morning is I want to give you five anchors for the storms of life. So that the next time that you're going through a storm, or if you're going through a storm today, you will have some anchors that will keep you from drifting away from God. That will hold you steady no matter what kind of storm it is that you're going through. And here's the first anchor that I want to talk to you about this morning. And that is that if you're in a storm today, think about this. It could be God's providence that placed you there. So the first anchor is God's providence. It could be that God's providence placed you there. Listen to what the story says. It says that after Jesus had fed those 5,000 men, not including the women and the children, the disciples did not want to leave his presence. And you can imagine why. I mean, they've just witnessed Jesus do an incredible miracle. They want to hang out with Jesus. They feel safe as long as they're around Jesus. And so the Bible says that immediately Jesus had to make the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side. Another translation says it like this, that he constrained them. In other words, Jesus has to force them to get into that boat to go from one side of the lake to the other side of that lake. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you that the disciples did not find themselves in a storm because they were out of the will of God. They were right where Jesus told them to be, doing exactly what Jesus told them to do, going exactly where Jesus was telling them to go, and they still found themselves in the middle of a storm that was causing them to fear for their lives. You see, I believe that we as believers, that we can find ourselves in two kinds of storms. First of all, I believe that if we're not careful, we can find ourselves in a correcting storm. A correcting storm. Now, if you don't believe in correcting storms, here's what I want you to do. After you leave here today, I want you to go home and read the book of Jonah. All right? Because Jonah found himself in a correcting storm. And he found himself in that storm because he was trying to run in disobedience from the call of God upon his life. And some of us, we might as well go ahead and admit it, probably the majority of storms that we find ourselves in are correcting storms. We find ourselves there because we have not been obedient to God in some area of our lives or we've not been obedient to the Word of God. But not only can we as believers find ourselves in a correcting storm, listen to me, this is important, we can also find ourselves in perfecting storms. 
And sometimes, even though I don't believe that God sends storms into believers' lives, I do believe that sometimes God allows storms to come into our lives. He allows trials. He allows temptation. The Bible says don't let any man say that God tempts us because God does not tempt us, but he does allow us to be tempted. He allows us to be tried, but he does that because he is wanting to perfect us. He is conforming us us into the image of Christ. Amen? And so if you're in a storm this morning, you need to ask yourself, is this a perfecting storm that I'm in? And if it is, then you just need to let God go ahead and do his work in your life. You remember Joseph? Joseph found himself in a perfecting storm when he was sold into slavery by his brothers and mistreated by Potiphar's wife, found himself in one bad position after the next. But at the end of it all, when his brothers confronted him, he looked at his brothers and he said, what you meant to harm me, God has brought good out of it. God has used it to make me into the man that I am today, a perfecting storm. But if you're in a correcting storm today, listen, the only way out of a correcting storm is repentance. You've got to repent of your disobedience and do what God is telling you to do. Be who God is calling you to be. So that first anchor that we need for the storms of life is we need to remember, it could be, I'm not saying all storms are, but it could be that God's providence placed you there. But here's what's cool. The second anchor is that if God's providence placed you there, his prayers will protect you there. Because listen to what this story says next. It says that after Jesus dismissed the crowds, after he had forced the disciples to get into the boat and go to the other side of the lake, the Bible says that Jesus went up the mountain by himself to do what? To pray. To pray. Now, Mark gives us his encounter of this storm that they were in. He writes about it in his gospel. And in Mark chapter 6, verse 48, notice what he says. He said that when Jesus was on that mountain praying, that he saw the disciples straining or toiling at rowing for the wind was against them. Is there anybody here this morning who's ever felt like the wind in life was against you? That the wind in life was contrary to you? I mean, when you read this passage of Scripture, you discover that these disciples have three problems that they're having to deal with. Number one, they have the problem of the darkness of the night. Because as we're going to see here in just a moment, Jesus went to them at the fourth watch of the night. That would be somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m., the first watch of the night is 6 to 12, or six to 9. The second watch is 9 to 12. The third watch is 12 to 3. And Jesus comes to them at the fourth watch of the night. So there is the darkness of the night. It's the darkest time of night, that time just before dawn. So dark that you cannot even see the hand in front of your face. And that's how dark it is when these disciples are out there in that sea in this storm. But not only was there the darkness of the night, there was the problem of the direction of the wind. It said the wind was contrary to them. They would make a little progress, but then the wind would just cause them to scoot right back where they were before they could get any kind of distance between them. So it says that he saw them toiling, the darkness of the night. 
the direction of the wind. And then there was that problem of the distance from the shore, how far they were away from Jesus. Because here's what the Bible says. It says that they were now in the midst of the sea, that being the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee is 10 miles wide. So they are at least five miles away from the shore. How do you think they got there? I'm going to tell you. Because usually fishermen would not venture out more than one or two miles from the shore because of the unpredictability of storms on the Sea of Galilee. But here they are. They're five miles away from the shore. You know how they got there? They got there because they had drifted in the midst of the storm. The wind that was against them, the wind that was contrary to them had caused them to drift. Maybe they didn't have enough anchors. Maybe they didn't have any anchors. Maybe they didn't have the right size anchors. But this storm caused them to drift. But here's what Mark reminds us of. This is awesome. Jesus is over on the mountain and he's praying for them. That means he's able to see beyond the distance. He's able to pierce through the darkness of the night. And he said this, he saw them toiling in their rowing. Some of you here this morning, you feel like that things are so dark in your life right now and you think, if I can't see out of this situation, then surely God cannot see into this situation. Oh, that's where you're wrong. Just because you cannot see out of your storm doesn't mean that God cannot see into your storm. And the Bible says he sees you and he is praying for you. Oh, hallelujah. He's praying for you. Notice Hebrews says it like this. Therefore, he, Jesus, is also able to save to the uttermost. Somebody here this morning, you need to be saved to the uttermost. And he's able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Since, look at this, he always lives to make intercession for them. You can be encouraged this morning. You can be comforted this morning to know Jesus himself is praying for you he sees where you are he sees your toiling and rowing in your storm he sees everything that you're going through right now he sees the wind that is contrary against you and he's praying for you look at your neighbor and say Jesus is praying for you today you know we all go through storms in life and when we do we need some anchors that will keep us from drifting and today we talked about five anchors that we need during times of storms. We talked about the fact that it could have been God's providence that placed us there. You see, the disciples of Jesus were not in a storm because they were out of the will of God. They were right where Jesus told them to be, doing exactly what Jesus told them to do, going right where Jesus told them to go, and they still found themselves in the midst of a storm. So your storm today, could be a perfecting storm or it could be a correcting storm. And if you're in a correcting storm, the only way to calm that storm in your life is to repent of your disobedience and get on board with Jesus. Anchor number two says that if his providence placed us there, then his prayers will protect us. You need to know Jesus is praying for you today. And then the third anchor says that his presence comes to us. I want you to be encouraged by the fact that he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is with you in the middle of your storm. And then his power is available. He wants you to know what threatens to be over your head. It's already under his feet. And then the fifth anchor we talked about was his power or his promise assures us. He wants us to know today we are not going under. 
we are going over. So I want to pray for you today. Father, I know that there are some that are watching me today that are going through a storm, maybe a spiritual storm, a relational storm. It could be a physical storm, a financial storm, or an occupational storm. Lord, I just pray today that this message has encouraged them. And Lord, I pray that they will not give up in the midst of their storm, but that they will trust you, that they will keep their eyes upon you because they're not going under, they're going over for your glory in Jesus' name, amen. And let me tell you, when you get to the other side, God has great things in store for you. Well, I wanna just take a moment and invite you to come and worship with us here at Summerton Church of God any Sunday at 1045. God is doing some incredible things here and we want you to share in that with us.